You're tuned in to Atlanta Fringe Audio, the podcasting network of the Atlanta Fringe Festival. Want to win a couple of free tickets to the Atlanta Fringe Festival June 5th through 11th? Enjoy Fringe Audio and fill out the Fringe Audio crossword puzzle. It's that easy. 10 winners will be selected. Check out the description box for all the details or visit atlantafringe.org fringe dash audio. Now for the show. It's family friendly. Hi there, I'm James. You're about to listen to our audio drama set in a magical garden that was inspired by a real garden in Kingston, Ontario. Before we get into the story though, I want to take a moment to think about all the people who have eaten the fruits and vegetables that have grown in the land that today we call Kingston. There have been so many different people over the years, from the First Nations that cared for this land when Europeans first arrived, the Mississauga Anishinaabe, the Huron-Wendat, the Omamawinini or Algonquin and the Haudenosaunee, the descendants of those First Nations who continue to care for the land today, the countless nations that existed here before those ones, but whose names we don't know anymore, and nowadays the many people that have come to this place and live here. I would like to thank the social service organizations that protect housing and food in Kingston and other people who choose to help in their community. Throughout history, this land has been cared for by many different people. We think it's important to thank those people and to keep caring for the land so others can eat what grows out of it in the future. As I record this in 2022, an organization called the Kingston Indigenous Languages Nest is regularly hosting events that you should check out if you want to learn more about the plants that grow here, or to get more in touch with the plant life that has lived alongside humans throughout history. Now, without further ado, thank you. Merci. Nyawa. Please enjoy the play. Garden of Eden. Some people think gnomes live underground, like dwarves. They think they all look like human men, and, oh, maybe they carry axes. This is incorrect. A gnome is primarily a gardener. Though they have some proficiency with dirt, this is better applied above ground rather than under it. Furthermore, a gnome would never live underground simply because there are no humans there. Gnomes like humans. In fact, some of the oldest stories claim that gnomes really live in a place beyond any human's understanding. A world like this one, but full of magic creatures, sprites, and spirits. Some stories say that this is where magic comes from. That it was tracked into the world on the tiny shoes of gnomes as they crossed from one realm into the next. This is unproven, but it's undeniable that gnomes don't mind living in a city or town full of humans, provided that there is a garden to tend to, no matter how small. Edith squints against the sun's glare and adjusts her helmet to block the light. She remounts her bike and pushes forward, clicking down the street past short houses in an uneven row. 
with covered porches containing the occasional chair, tools, or flower pot. She picks up speed, and the moving air cools against the sun's heat as summer glides into fall. The dusty scent of the sidewalk meets the fresh air, and anything is possible. Hello! Hello! Edith swoops around a bend, heading to the end of the street. In the corner of her eye, she spots a small, paved pathway between two houses, and the tinge of exploration hits her gut. She enters the path, finding herself in a neighboring street. Veering left, she continues her journey. She passes the tall fence of the graveyard and spots the library on the other side, examines the fence for a gate, and, finding none, continues around the corner. At the end of the street, she finds the library, a short beige building the size of a house with a single apple tree growing at its side. Edith parks her bike and approaches the door. Inside, shelves stacked high with books offer adventure. Edith makes her way quickly to her preferred section and browses. Come on, where are you? Legend, legend, legend. Something moves behind the books. A mouse? One of the books falls off the shelf. Ah, here it is. Legend of the Night. After the library, Edith makes her way back down the street, passing block after block until she reaches her house, her new book bouncing in the wire basket of her bike. She rides roughly over the lawn. Hi, sweetheart. Mom, are Maddie and Allie home yet? Nope, your sisters are both at their friends all day. Okay. I'm going to go to the field behind Granddad's house. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Hey, if you're going up there, can you uh, drop these papers off to your uncle? She's fixing the place up this weekend. Uncle Arnold! I haven't seen her since... Since... Hmm. Granddad passed away. Yeah. She was really sad. Yeah. Why don't we ever see Uncle Arnold? We see your uncle. Not as much as other family? Yeah. I guess... It's tough. I... You know, maybe you should go see him. And also, give him these papers. Here, I'll put the envelope in your basket for you. Okay. Love you, sweetie. See you this afternoon, okay? Birds chirp as Edith whizzes by, her mother's package in the wire basket at the front of her bike. A few blocks from Edith's home, the neighborhood bungalows give way to a field of tall grass and Queen Anne's lace. At the edge of the field sits Grandad's house, square with green siding and surrounded by trees and a chain-link fence round the back. Edith stashes her bike in the gravel driveway to the left of the house. She runs up to the front door, envelope in hand, and knocks. Oh, uh, hello, Edith. Hi. Mom gave me this for you. Oh. Um, do you want to come in? Uh, okay. I, I was just packing up some things. I was going to finish sanding the stairs, but I can't find my toolbox. Oh, can you please ask your mom to look out for it? Sure. Thanks. So, uh, what's this? Uh, 
some house sale stuff Mom wanted you to have. Ah, more paperwork. Ugh, it seems such a shame to sell it. Hey, were you camping in here? Oh, yeah. I uh, was here pretty late last night, so I stayed over. Can I use the bathroom? Of course. The bathroom window looks out onto Grandad's backyard and the field beyond. Last summer, when Edith was exploring the field out back, playing next to the tall fence at its edge, she'd needed to use the bathroom. She had danced through the gate into the backyard, and her grandfather had been extremely surprised to find her at his back door. He'd spent the next several visits from Edith's mother, grumbling about his house being a porta potty. But really, Edith didn't think he'd mind it. And that field, well, it is the perfect spot to read on a day like today. It's quiet without him here. There always was a thick layer of dust at Grandad's house, but it seems to lay thicker now. The halls are dark and smell of carpet and sawdust, from her uncle's tinkering, no doubt. Edith opens the cupboard under the sink. She finds a package of her granddad's soap and sticks it in her pocket. As she does, a tiny figure scrambles away. Edith starts, a bug, but then notices a tiny hat. She peers into the darkness under the sink and finds nothing. <sighs> the bathroom window slides open a crack. Edith looks up just as a little shadow climbs out. She rushes to the window. Hey! Ah! Edie, you okay? Yeah, yeah, sorry, I, I tripped on the scale. I'm okay. Oh, good. Can I play in the backyard? Uh, would, would your mom let you play there? Yeah. Then sure, just, uh, just watch your step. Edith's granddad kept a rhubarb garden, of which he was quite proud. Edith's parents aren't much for gardening, and Edith doesn't have much experience with it herself. But she often heard stories about his prize-winning rhubarb, and she has certainly enjoyed the resulting pies. Rhubarb is not a plant that requires much maintenance, but for a garden gone nearly half a year without care, it's doing rather well. Next to the garden, the door to the shed hangs ajar. Various tools are mounted on the wall atop a hodgepodge collection of gardening equipment. A red toolbox sits in the corner, peeking out from behind a bucket. Hmm. Found the toolbox. Dang it! What? Oh! Is anyone there? Hey! Come back here! Edith leaps around the shed, trying to spot the thing knocking over a number of items herself. As she reaches under a wheelbarrow, she grabs a tiny body. When she lifts her hand, she makes eye contact with a tiny person in a wool vest. Ah! Edith drops the creature, who falls to the floor, throws a stone at her, and scurries away. A door opens and closes shut. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Behind the wheelbarrow, Edith finds a short door about her size in the back wall of the shed. There is no lock on the door, just a wooden handle. She turns it and pushes. 
Edith stands in the back door of the shed, staring at the scene before her. Several dozen tiny people peek out from a mess of vines, roots, and an assortment of vegetable plants. Most of them wear woolen caps. Some of them carry little repurposed gardening tools, kids' scissors as shears, a spade as a shovel, and so forth. Edith stares at them, and they stare back. Nobody move. Is a dream. No, hold on, please. I, I promise I won't hurt you. I mean it. A few gnomes stop running. One gnome, stately for someone so small, turns to her. Almost all the rest hide under leaves. Did you say Edith? Yeah. Did you know Frank? Frank? The old guy who used to live here. Yeah, I knew him. He's my granddad. Was my granddad. Is my granddad. Hmm. Edith. I think you're much bigger than the last time I saw you. What? Um. Who are you? We're gnomes. Okay. Hello, Edith. I'm Bored, but humans can't seem to understand that. So your granddad called me Griddle. You might also know us as trolls, brownies, or some other name. That's important. But your granddad called them Biddle. And then everyone else he just called Gus. You're gnomes. She looks woozy. Let's give her Frank's chair. Ah, Edith. Do you want to sit in that chair over there? This is amazing. You're all so small. So what? What are you all doing here? We live here, Dubby. Bevel, don't be rude. Hmm. You know, you actually look a bit like Frank. Oh, uh, we aren't actually... I'm adopted? That's not quite what I meant. To expand on Bevel's answer, yes, we live here. We've been living here for a very long time. But not as long as Frank lived here. I believe we arrived shortly after your Uncle Arnold grew up and left home. Okay. This is our and Frank's vegetable garden. We have a special knack for plants, those of us who live here. This is our magic, which we choose to share. We filled Frank's kitchen and a few of the other neighborhood kitchens, too. Helped to fight off some of the gunk. We like living here. We liked living with Frank. We miss him. Edith takes in the vegetable garden. It's an impressively large garden, even by human standards. It appears to be walled in on each side by a wooden fence. But it's hard to tell because that fence is covered in plant growth. There seems to be every fruit or vegetable one could think of growing here. Even those that should be out of season, all heaped upon one another. Pumpkins, peaches, plums, and other produce all growing together and giving off a certain healthy sheen that Edith has never seen in another plant. So, Grandad, Frank, he let you live here? Huh. You might say we let him and his neighbors benefit from our skills. He was kind. And he didn't pick us up? Sorry about that. Mm, well... Any family of Frank's is family of ours. 
peach, Edith. Oh, thanks. Well, what do we do with her now? Um... We could knock her out so she thinks it's a dream. Well, we could ask her nicely to keep it a secret. Look how big her mouth is. She probably never keeps it shut. Hey! Oh, so loud. Stop being melodramatic. Most people can't even see us. I'm sure it won't be a problem. Look, if you guys really want to be left alone, I guess I can do that. But my mom is selling the house. Do you guys know that? We're aware of the situation. They won't be selling any time soon. Not as long as I have something to do with it. You don't think so? Bivol, change happens. You can't keep interfering with the child. What child? Frank's child. Uncle Arnold? The cad with the toolbox. You hid the toolbox. I had to. Bivol climbs up the chair onto Edith's knee and looks her in the eye. The people in this neighborhood need us, Edith. The longer it takes to move new people in, the longer we have to move out. Get it? Edith shrugs, and Bivol falls off her lap. This is an outrage! You see, Edith, Frank was just one of the humans we fed with our garden, and a human who's well-fed is well-equipped to help others in need as well. We did a lot of good in our time here, and, well... We aren't too keen to leave. Oh, but leave we must. Maybe my mom doesn't have to? Doesn't have to what? Sell it? At least not yet. Is that allowed? I don't know. But, well, we can at least ask Uncle Arnold. Which one's Arnold? The weepy one. (laughs) Good luck. Settle down. Okay, Edith. We'll speak to your Uncle Arnold. Let's see what we can do to stay. In the living room, Uncle Arnold leafs through an old photo album. She pauses on a photo of the family in summer. Her father stands with his arm around his kids next to the wood stove. Arnold, nine, holds a rhubarb pie. Her face glows. At her feet rests a picnic basket. Arnold turns the page. In this one, Anne and her kids sit on the floor next to the stove. Frank, now elderly, sits in a chair. Arnold stands awkwardly to the side. Hi, I'm sorry to bother you. Um, I'm Sandra. I live a few doors down. I just wanted to give you this. Frank left it at our house. Well, I think it was Frank. Oh, Thank you. It's such a nice basket. I I didn't think I should keep it. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I I can take it. Oh, oops. Oh, I got it. No, it's okay. Oh, these are nice. They're just some family photos. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to look. It's fine. Uh, Do you want to come in? Sure. I'm Arnold. I'm Frank's kid. Uh, Pronouns? Oh, she, her. Cool. I use she and he, whatever's cool. Cool. I, um... I used to find that basket on my doorstep every Sunday. Full of food. Uh, Um, well, fruits and veggies? Sometimes a pie? I, um... I mean, it happened for years. Finally, I figured out it was Frank. I tried to thank him once, but he wouldn't let me. Hmm. I, um... I had a hard time for a while, and, um... The baskets... 
Well, they helped. He was a weird guy, eh? Yeah, he was. He kept to himself, but he noticed when people needed help. I know I'm not the only one who got a basket. I wish I'd been able to get to know him. Yeah. Well, I won't keep you. I just wanted to give you the basket and thank you, I suppose. Because I didn't get to thank him. Uncle Arnold, mm. we can't sell the house. <sighs> Why is that? Because those were our baskets. Ah! Arnold paces the living room. Griddle, Bivel, and Gus sit on the arm of a chair. Edith sits on the other arm. Anne, Edith's mother, stands in the center of the room, arms crossed. What is it, Arnold? What is it? What is it? Oh. This. All the injustice! She can see us. Here, watch this. What What was that sound? You see, some people just don't got it. Look, Arnold, is there a problem? I have a million things to do and stores are going to be closing soon. You really can't. Uh, nothing, no problem. I'm, I found my stuff, so I'll finish sanding the stairs today. Oh, yes, thank you. I really appreciate it. The realtor says it looks good for us. The listing's going up today or tomorrow. Look, I gotta go, but I'll pop back in later this weekend to help. Edie, get your jacket. Can I stay here with Uncle Arnold? Um, sweetie, I'm sure Uncle Arnold doesn't She can want... stay. Really? Yeah. Okay. But be home for dinner, Edith. Mwah. See you later. Walk me through this. We're Bivol, Griddle, and Gus. We're gnomes. And gnomes are helpful. Where did you come from? We already told you this. Walk me through it again. We're here to help. Uh-huh. Arnold, has there ever been a time in your life where you needed something, something simple, and you couldn't have it? And then, the more time you spend not having it, the more it seems impossible that anything will ever get better. Yeah? What do you do when you need something and you can't get it? Uh, hope I win the lottery? <laughs> uh, or, uh, realistically, I try to save. Although sometimes that's less realistic. Gnomes help people who need things. When people don't have what they need, they get a kind of a gunk on them. The thing we're best at giving is food, because we grow things quite well. They're magic, Uncle Arnold! They come from a magic world! Well, we come from this world. Just sort of a another realm, if you will, where most magic and other magical beings originate. Not all, but most. What kind of magical beings? But we'd quite like helping. Our work is rather important. And so, Arnold, we'd quite like to stay. Can you help us? I... <laughs> I need some fresh air. I'll talk to him. Bivol, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'll be right back. Hey, are you scared of gnomes? No. Sorry for screaming. Eh, 
I guess you guys moved in right after I left home, eh? Yeah, I guess. Why'd you, uh, why, why'd you choose this house? Because of the statue. What statue? In front of the house? The big statue of Griddle? Under, under the window, look! <laughs> Are you talking about the garden gnome? Yeah. <laughs> the one with the, with the bushy eyebrows bending over and looking all coy? Yes, it looks just like Griddle. <laughs> oh, it does, it does. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> there used to be a farm just north of here. I think I remember up north being mostly farms. Uh-huh. We pulled in our last harvest there, and we were looking around for somewhere new to help, and we were walking down this street, and we saw the statue. So we figured, here's someone who knows and appreciates gnomes. And Gus said we had to stop and take a look. Sure enough, we found Frank, and he told us all about the folks in this neighborhood. We figured we'd do some good here for a bit. Instead of heading back home. Huh. Good like what? Well, gnomes are good at lots of things. Some of us keep human children from getting hurt while their parents aren't home. A couple of us could do healing magic. And, oh, Gus in there is really good at getting humans to process their emotions. Uh-huh. But mostly we help with the basics. Food and shelter. Frank was really good at shelter, being a carpenter and all. I'm a carpenter, too. Well, a theatrical carpenter. Oh, did you train with your dad? No, no, I went to theater school. Shame. Frank was good, but he didn't have magic. Magic comes in handy when you have arthritis. Dad had arthritis? Sure. Uh, wait, I thought you said you had healing magic? Uh, yeah, but not without asking first. Frank liked himself just the way he was. Arthritic and everything, he said. Hmm. Good old dad. Arnold, are you really going to sell this place? Looks like it. <laughs> How are gnomes supposed to make lasting change when you all won't sit still? Now we need to find another gardener who will be able to see and hear us and let us help people, and it probably won't be in this neighborhood. We might even just go back to our realm. It used to be we could stay in one place for a while. And be rewarded with a bowl of milk and honey? <laughs> That's fairy stuff. Fairies need... Offerings, incentives, deals. Gnomes do good from the goodness of our hearts. Sorry for misunderstanding. I just thought I... I'm just fixing the place up to sell it. I... It feels weird, but it's got to be done. I just... From what you're saying, I didn't know that if I sold this house, I'd be selling out the whole neighborhood. You know, I slept here last night for, for the first time since I moved out. Well, since I moved out the second time. Huh? I could have stayed longer, and did, but I don't know. I wanted to live alone. I didn't like feeling watched. It's nice to sleep here again. It still feels like home in a lot of ways. Needs new paint, though. I like this color. Okay, I get that you're a gnome and that you live in another dimension or whatever, but even you need to see that mint green is no good. I don't live in another dimension. You're just ignorant to the secrets of the earth. Less ignorant than others, but still ignorant. Ignorance is bliss. That's a weird thing to say. 
From the goodness of your hearts, huh? Mm-hmm. What Gus described, that buildup of need, it's like quicksand. Some people get stuck, and everyone's trying so hard not to get stuck themselves that they don't help anybody else. But gnomes can help. In fact, a gnome by very definition is someone who chooses to help. But you're magic, right? So it's not like that's your whole purpose for existing. How many times do I gotta say it? We choose. We choose to help. We could walk away any time, step right back into our world, which isn't perfect, but it would make no difference to us. But with a little magic, we could help. It's not pleasant to watch someone sink and just not help, even if you don't have to. Oh. Okay. Well, gnome soup kitchen. What's that? Uncle Arnold! The house is online. Mom called while you were outside. Come see! Arnold's laptop sits open on Frank's old coffee table. It looks out of place amidst the living room's burgundy carpeting and gas stove. On the screen, a red and white page shows polished photos of the house mid-renovation, including the shed. The garden, however, remains unphotographed. Edith poses with Griddle and Gus. Selfie! Aw, oh, what? You guys don't show up in photos? Hmm. I don't think anyone's ever tried to take a picture of us before. Is that my phone? Yeah. Here, come see the listing. You two read it. Us gnomes have seen enough of it. Come on, Bivel, Gus, we have things to do. I'll catch up with you later. Uncle Arnold, come see. Okay, let's take a look at this. Can I read it with you? Yeah, sure. Hey, Uncle Arnold. Yeah? I had an idea. Yeah? What if you moved in here? <laughs> Why not? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Edith. I've been thinking that myself. But there are reasons. Like what? Well, first of all, I can't afford it. Don't we already own the house? It's not quite that simple. Okay. Plus, you know, I, I miss your granddad. And I... It's weird being here. Weird how? It's... Complicated, Edith. Why? Uh, don't worry about it. You'll understand when you're older. No, I won't. How am I supposed to know when I'm older if you don't tell me now? Hmm. When I was younger, I was... I was really well-behaved. Good in school. I read like crazy. And I think, I think I was a really funny kid. <laughs> Dad, Dad used to follow us around with the camera. He was so, he really loved us, your mom and me. He was so proud of his kids. And when I was little, about your age. I'm not really little. He'd take us to these work parties with his carpenter friends and show us off. And he'd let us perform these little skits for all his friends. I think I was a cute kid. People liked me, and I really liked myself. And as I grew up, I kept liking myself, and I kept being this really cool kid. But I found, uh, I found as I got older, that some people, when I got older, 
stopped liking me. And I thought, um, it seemed like one of those people was my dad. Why? Oh, just, he was never, I just think maybe he stopped. Oh, Edith, I'm sorry. Thank you for asking about it, but it's really a story for a grown-up. You should talk to Gus about it. Why is that? Because that's what they're good at. They said they're good at helping people talk to themselves. They said they're like a human therapist. The gnome is a therapist? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. You should take the gnomes more seriously. They're special. They know things we don't know. Yeah, can I be honest with you? That scares me a little. Why? Change is scary. I guess. Edith, do you think you could head home for a bit? This listing's given me a lot to think about, and I have some things to do. Okay, I'll go say bye to the gnomes. See you later. Are mermaids real? Yeah. <gasps> Are ghosts real? I've never met one. Are dragons real? Uh, technically. Really? I don't want to get into it. I can't believe it. Do they all live in gardens? Don't be stupid. What would a mermaid do in a garden? What Bivol means is we live in all sorts of places. And you all, you all come from that place Griddle talked about? Yes. Different parts, but yes. What's it like there? It's beautiful. What? I could like stuff too. Do you, do you want to go back? <laughs> oh, Edith, we're always there a little. We sort of, uh, Take it with us. That's one of the gifts of gnomes. Hold on. I'll go there right now. Bivol grabs the stalk of a plant, and a ripe tomato bursts forth. I'll go there again. A single carrot stirs in the ground. One more time. Bivol reaches arm deep into one of Frank's garden patches and pulls up a single glimmering beet. How did you do that? Oh, Bivol, you're showing off. Here, Edith, you can keep these. Thanks! Uh, this is great, but I gotta go home. I told my mom I'd be home for dinner, and Uncle Arnold wants me to skedaddle. What's this you're riding? This? This is my awesome bike. It's a hand-me-down, and I didn't used to be tall enough for it, but now I am. Impressive. Yep. It's got a bell, three speeds, and... Hey! You guys should ride in my basket! In... In your basket? Yeah! Oh, you can ride home with me and I can show you my house! Oh, that... that might be nice. I'm not getting in that thing. Bivol! Well, you don't have to come, but if you do, I promise to only ride as fast as you want, and I can always stop and walk. Promise? Ugh. Okay. If I set the speed. Okay, climb in. You ready? Ready. Ready. Edith turns her bike onto the street to the view of colorful bungalows lining the road. Treed lawns offer occasional shade as the low sun peeks over the roof of each home. The gnomes, safe in her basket, watch their neighborhood speed past at an unfamiliar height. Whoa! Foster Edith! Bivol? Yeah! <laughs> Wind blows Edith's hair beneath her helmet as she speeds through her neighborhood, her bike bumping over the cracks in the pavement and her heart singing. Her shoes struggle to keep up with the whirl of her pedals 
and she lets them go, gravity taking the group of them down a dip in the sidewalk, careening homeward. Hold on! What's up, Gus? Over there! I could see something. Can we go look, Edith? Uh, sure. Across the street, two chain-link fences create a small path between two houses. The concrete is rough and cracked, raised here and there. The other side leads into the neighboring street, and the path itself looks into several backyards. In one yard, a man stands on a ladder, cleaning his eaves troughs. He clears out sticks and leaves, tossing them into a wheelbarrow below, full of branches fallen during a recent storm. Uh, Gus, look up there. Oh. What is it? See that patch of wood on his roof? Uh, no. Above the window, his roof is missing a shingle. The storm probably blew it away. Looks like he hasn't noticed yet. Maybe he doesn't have to notice? Good call, Gus. I got this. Bivol leaps speedily from the bike basket and squeezes through the fence, falling into the long grass of the yard. Their hat bobs through the grass as they cross the lawn and climb up the ladder. The man, still tossing leaves, does not seem to notice. As Bivol reaches the roof, they skip across the shingles until they find the missing patch. And a movement missed by the blink of an eye, the shingle is replaced. Job complete, Bivol hops back down the way they came, rejoining Edith and Gus at the bicycle. Did you just fix his roof? You bet. Now his roof won't leak. Well done, Bivol. Oh, it was, it was nothing. Do you guys do stuff like this all the time? Yep, it's fun. I guess. What do you do for fun, Edith? Me? Hmm. I read books mostly. Oh, like this one. It's called Legend of the Night, and it's about this knight who goes on a quest to find the lost entrance to the underworld. Oh. Wait, Pivot. Gus. Can you feel that? On the book, it's gnome magic. Uh, probably from one of us. I was sitting on it during the ride. You should install seats or something. I have some doll chairs that might work. No, Bivol, it's not one of ours. This is another gnome's magic, not from our garden. You think? Yes. Edith, where did you get this? The library, of course. What's that? What? What's a library? Yeah. It's, it's where books come from. There's one just down the street. Can you take us there? The sun lowers into the field behind Frank's house, bathing the fence and backyard in a kind evening glow. Arnold spots Griddle in Frank's garden. Oh, hey. Um, what are you doing? I'm minding the rhubarb. Oh, is it, uh, is it hard to grow? Not especially. Yeah, I, I, I uh, looked it up when I got here. I didn't want, um, I didn't want the plants to die. But the internet said rhubarb was pretty hardy, so I just kind of left it. And the cucumbers looked fine. I guess that was you guys, eh? <laughs> we may have had something to do with it. But, Arnold, I used very little magic on these plants. Oh. Yes, these plants are hardy, like you said. And not for nothing, I think they quite like you. They do? <laughs> oh, yes. Plants like people. 
They're a lot like gnomes in that way. Would you like to try planting something? Uh, like what? Anything. You pick. Uh, uh, I always liked raspberry pie. Okay. You'll want to go get a shovel and dig a row for them somewhere sunny. Maybe over there, near the back fence. Ah, uh, but, but we're selling the house. Yes? Well, we, we won't be able to eat them. The next residence will. Mm-hmm. But for today, let's just learn, okay? Do you have a shovel? Yes. Okay, go get it. Arnold sets to work digging. I have some raspberry canes we can use to start. Okay. What do we do when they're in the ground? Well, uh, you'll want to support them as they grow. Other than that, we do what most folks do with plants. Water and wait. Huh. Water and wait. I can do that. Hey, Griddle. Are these berries going to be worth it? They usually are. Hmm. Raspberry pie was my dad's favorite, too. How long to the library? It's not far. So, back there, how do you know when someone needs help? Like, how did you know we should stop where we did? We could see it. Well, yeah, but I mean, before we got to the house? It's kind of a... It's part of our connection to our world. Remember how I said we take it with us? Yeah. Well, we're always there, a little. Huh? We are here, in your world, but we're also in our world. And in our world, we know... Stuff. Stuff? Like, who needs help? We can see stuff you can't. Can I see too? Uh... It might be a little scary. Like, like ghost scary? No, it's just, well, want to try? Yes. Bivol? She wants to try, she can try. Right, okay. Edith, uh, take my hand. What's gonna happen? Uh, that's it. What? Ugh. See that? Oh. What? That doesn't look nice. No, it's not nice. What is it? We call it gunk, but it has other names. Bits of gunk drift like dandelion seeds through the neighborhood, sticking here and there to roofs and cars and back doors and dripping in a thick, gooey gum. Edith and the gnomes pedal slowly in the direction of the library, watching it as they go. Why does it stick to some houses more than the other ones? The more gunk a person's life has, the more gunk they attract, and the more gunk piles up. Sometimes it happens all at once, sometimes it happens a little, and then a little, and then a little more. Sometimes it stops for a bit and comes back. Well, can't we just catch it? Alas, that is not how gunk works. That's why we grow the garden. What do you mean? Do you have the veggies Bivol gave you? Yeah. Why don't you try giving them to that house? 
Gus points at a house thick with gunk. Edith wraps the carrot, beet, and tomato in a bag and approaches the door. She hangs the bag on the doorknob and rings the doorbell, running back to the gnomes to hide behind a hedge. What now? The door opens and a home's occupant peeks out. Noticing the bag on the knob, they take the bag and smile crookedly, looking up and down the street to see who left it. Finding no one, they carry the vegetables inside and close the door behind them. Slowly, Gunk flakes off the front door and windowsills and dissipates, leaving only a thin layer behind. The gunk, it's spread everywhere. Ah, but see, if that person has less gunk, they're better equipped to help others get rid of their gunk too. So our work can spread too. Do you see? Mm, Sort of. Edith, Bivel, and Gus arrive in front of the library. The evening is warm and the building is quiet. An apple swings lazily as a breeze blows through a small grove of apple trees at the side of the library. Okay, let's go in. It's strange, isn't it? To think there will be other gnomes so close to us and we wouldn't know. It's not like we travel very far. We've been at Frank's for a long time now. Hmm. What is it, Edith? Well, it's just... All the other buildings on the street have gunk, but the library doesn't have any. (gasps) Look! Atop a shelf, a gnome leafs through a storybook, their little legs swinging off the edge of a hardcover. What the? Hey! You! The gnome jumps and almost falls off the shelf. Recovering, they leap from one shelf to the next and beckon the group, leading them to a quiet corner of the library. Hello! Where did you come from? Where did we come from? Where did you come from? Same place as you, likely. I guess so. We had no idea there were other gnomes in this neighborhood. Oh, yes. I'm Corchette. But you, human, you can call me Nat. Pleased to meet you. I'm Gus, this is Bivol, and this is our friend Edith. How long have you been here? Ever since the library opened. We used to live in another branch, but when this one opened up, me and a few others came here to spiff the place up a bit. I take it those apple trees outside are yours? Yep. Nice work. Tricky climate. Thank you. But we do a lot more than that at the library. Ah, Edith, I see you have one of the books I acquired. Your growing books? Ah, no. But we help keep the library in good working order, and we help make some selections for the folks that come in. The library does much more, though. They have tools, internet, instruments, and, since the gnomes have been around, seeds. Seeds? Why here? Well, see, we wanted to do good, yeah? And we wanted to help as many people as possible. We started in a community garden, which is still going strong. Although this place doesn't have one yet. The majority of librarians can see gnomes. They understand us. And the library. While everyone gets helped by the library, it's just the perfect place for gnomes. Edith glances at a woman a few stacks over, browsing a shelf. 
Bits of gunk cling to her bag and arms. As she picks up a book, the gunk sheds and disappears. I don't suppose either of you would like to join us? No. Maybe. What? Gus? What? Well, we need to go somewhere, Bivol. I'm a gardener. I... Nat, I... This place is... Amazing, but... Uh, I'm a gardener. Maybe we could do more good, though, if we were a little... Organized. I want to go home. I want... I, I miss Frank. Anne, hey, sorry, I've just... I've, I've been out back. Is Edith still here? What? No, she left for home like an hour ago. That's what I was worried about. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, well, I'll, I'll help you look. She probably isn't far. Let's check the field out back. Yeah, okay. That's what I was thinking. Arnold, I'd like to come, please. Okay, here, get in my pocket. I'd say be quiet, but, well. Hmm. I'm sure she's just playing in the field. She loves being outside, right? Yeah. What did you and Edith do this afternoon? Oh, well, she's... Uh, she doesn't want to sell the house. Really? She never mentioned anything like that to me. She did seem keen to stay this afternoon. She likes you, you know. Yeah? Yeah. You're young and cool. <laughs> You're young and cool. Yeah, not to her. I'm old and wise. I know everything. Really? Yeah. And you're like this cool mystery. I'm glad she's getting the chance to hang out with you before she sees the truth. Which is? That you're a doofus. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, I'm... It's nice to have you around. Yeah. Hey, about the house. Attention investors. I know. I mean, come on. That's what the realtor advised. Yeah, but do you really want to sell it to some landlord who's just going to charge a bunch of kids a grand a room? Obviously not. It's just, I think there's a lot we don't know about the world. Okay. But, but, one thing I do know is, you know, be generous. What? Do good for the sake of it. Not because it's always great for you, for us. Yeah. Okay. I am. I... Where is this coming from? It's just... Dad bought his house for, like, less than a hundred grand. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. I, I just think we should be careful about the choices we're making here. Okay. We'll be careful. It's not like Dad was rich. No, Dad was not, not poor. He had what he needed. He had what he needed. Do we have what we need? Well, Edith? I... Edith? Edith? Far across the long field behind the house, Edith, Bivel, and Gus walk along the path from the library. Mom! Uncle Arnold! Edith, what happened? We met more gnomes, and I... What? They showed me part of their world, Edith? sort of. We were worried about you. Why? You need to tell us when you go places. Oh, right... I'm sorry. Sorry means you won't do it again. I won't. Okay. Let's go. Your sisters will be home by now. Anne leads Arnold, Edith, and the gnomes through the gate in Frank's backyard. As they pass, 
Edith watches a trio of the gnomes tending to the rhubarb patch. See you later on. Come on, Edith. See ya. Mom? We can't sell Granddad's house. There's this- Edith, sometimes I know things you don't. No. Maybe. But Mom- Edith. I know things Edith. you don't. You're just being greedy. You don't see. Edith. We aren't just being greedy, okay? Granddad's house is important to all of us. And if it were big enough for our family, then yeah, maybe we could move there. But it's not. And we'd only be being greedy if we could cash out, but there's this thing called a reverse mortgage, and I... Look, Edith, I'm asking you to trust me on this. The house will be okay. Edith notices gunk attached to her mother's wrist. I need to sell the house, okay? Can I say goodbye to Uncle Arnold before we go? Sure. The last light of the day catches Uncle Arnold and the gnomes gathered around the shed door in conversation. The library, huh? That's interesting. I have a friend who's a librarian. I wonder if she knows anything about this. I like the idea of expanding our reach, but I agree with Bibble. I don't want to live there. Well, I mean, even librarians don't live at the library. We might be able to work something out. Um, gnomes? Uncle Arnold? I think I figured it out. Yo, figured it out? I used to fantasize about being like the characters in my books. Like that I would go to a fantasy world and have a dragon for a pet. And Bivol, I know the world you come from is beautiful, but... The ability you shared with me today... I can see things differently now than I did before. And I don't know if I like it. To be honest, I'm kind of scared to go home because I think there might be gunk there. There's gunk on every other house. And I really don't want to see that. I know you all want to stay at my granddad's house, but soon it won't be his house anymore. And I know you want to keep helping people in this neighborhood, and I do too. I spend so much of my time dreaming and reading about magic, I can't imagine a better way to use magic than helping people. So, if some of you want to join the library gnomes, that's great. But, if you're interested, I'm just down the street. I think you should come live with me. We don't have a huge garden or a fence or anything, but we could probably make one. We have a yard. I think if we try... We could degunk the lives of everyone in this neighborhood, a little at a time. Well, that would, I suppose, solve our problem. But it's a lot of gnomes. Hmm. I think some of us should go with Arnold. With me? Yes. Your gardening skills are coming along nicely. And having met you, I know every kind thing Frank said about you is true. I think I and several other gnomes would be happy to join you in your own garden, if you'll have us. I mean, I haven't really got a garden. It's just an apartment. Have you got a flower pot? Yes. Then the gnomes will take care of the rest. You just leave it to us. Then, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. 
And we can visit the other gnomes and Edith as often as you'd like. Super often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There'd be lots of folks in my building who would appreciate some raspberries. The first days of autumn hit sweetly, and the warmth of summer still hangs in the air. I... Ugh. How could you do this? Don't be melodramatic. She's doing her best. You call that a hole? Hey, it's bigger than you could dig. Of course it's bigger than I could dig. You're huge. And that goes double for Artie. In my defense, I think I'm better at seeding. You don't have a defense, you glute. Well, whatever. This is still the most beautiful pumpkin patch that's ever existed. And grapevine, and apple tree, and raspberry bush. Do you think we can do another delivery soon? Gus? Yeah, I think so. Yay! It was crazy last time. Everyone who got a basket, the gunk fell off their house, like whoosh, And since the library is helping us give them out, it's like the whole neighborhood is practically gunk-free. And I got a trailer for my bike, so I can take even more this time. You want to ride in my basket, Bivol? Have you installed seats yet? <laughs> <laughs> Golden and red leaves tickle the ground as they fall. In what was formerly grass beside Edith's house, several gardeners are hard at work. Garden of Edith was written by Shannon Kingston and directed by Kemi King. Fiona Beach played Edith and Nat. Linus Ecce played Griddle and the narrator. James Hyatt played Arnold and Peach Gus. Shannon Kingston played Anne and Bibble and other voices were provided by members of the cast. Sound design and editing was done by Uri Livney Barr. Sam Greco was the sound assistant. James Hyatt was the voice consultant. Cover art is by Colleen Bonomo. Garden of Edith was a production of First Ditch. It was produced as part of the 2022 Shortwave Theater Festival, a collaboration between Cellar Door Productions and CFRC. The script was developed with support from the Ontario Arts Council thanks to recommendations made by the Thousand Islands Playhouse and Rosanith Theatre. Special thanks to Mo Horner, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Ross Slaughter, Jules Mendoza, and Sienna Henderson. We would like to thank our Atlanta Fringe audio sponsor, Could Be Pretty Cool a production company whose mission is to inspire community building through the arts. You can binge all of our audio shows at atlantafringe.org slash fringe dash audio or wherever you enjoy your podcasts.